Okay, we're going to continue our series on growing, as that's our theme for the year. And I actually realised that I've been giving you all the wrong, uh, like, t- um, what are they, titles, and saying, oh, it's up to point four, but we did point four ages ago. We're up to, actually up to point six, and I think I did point four about three times. So we're up, actually up to point six. And um, growing in your calling is what we're, we're looking at this morning. But we often have the view that some people have this thing called the call of God, um, or in another word we use uh, for the same thing is the anointing. Who's ever heard those sort of sayings? Um, it's Christianity's way of describing a chosen one. And, and I want to just you know, bring some things to us this morning that hopefully help you. But some people feel that the call of God is for others but not for me. It's for other people but it's not really for me. Um, and it, it, it's... I think the root of that is because there's an inferiority that comes from other people, but it doesn't come from God. And sometimes we think, well, oh, you know, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I don't know enough, uh, people won't listen to me. And, and so I can, I can go to church and have a great time and think it's really good watching everyone else find their, their call, finding that anointing on their life, but somehow it's not for me. I want to you know, challenge that this morning. I want to give you some backgrounds to anointing, some significant anointings in the Bible. We're going to use that that word a little bit transferably at the start of this message, anointing and calling, but I I believe that they uh, represent the same thing. So we see in the Bible, the priests were anointed to serve people. That was one kind of anointing. So when Moses uh, instituted the tabernacle, the priests who were were going to serve in the, in the tabernacle, were to be anointed before they served. They had to have an anointing. Anointing is basically to pour oil or to rub oil on something. So they would have this huge, I think it's you know, a big ram's horn full of oil, and they would have this special oil in it, and they'd pour it on the person and say, now you have been chosen. It's a signifying that you've been chosen by God for this duty. Also, all these scriptures are, represent those those things happening. Um, also, kings were anointed for leadership, and it was a sim- it was symbolic of God's blessing to serve people. When you were anointed, it was a symbolic uh, act to say this person is the chosen one to minister or to lead in this particular way. But anointing was always connected to service or a duty. So, so some people are saying, "Oh, I just want the anointing." But if you want the anointing, if you want that that calling then that means you are, you, you're saying yes to God, I want to, I want to pursue my duty. Yeah. So it's not a bad thing. So um, where are we up to? Uh, anointing was always connected to service or duty. Even articles were anointed for duty. In the temple, when, when Solomon built the temple, they, they got all, the, all these gold and precious materials to make bowls and different things and they were all anointed with oil was sprinkled with oil before it could go into service it was a symbol uh, that those things are ready for God's use so in Exodus um, all those scriptures are up there but when a person is talented in their profession or if they have a certain ability it is often labeled a calling I've heard people being interviewed and uh, you know say you know, just a random one, I saw a, a lady being interviewed about horse racing and she referred to it as her calling in life. 
And sometimes when people have a, a, a talent or a gift or an aptitude for something, it's referred to in their life as their calling. It's like, I didn't choose this, it chose me, and I just happened to find it, and it was just the right fit for my life. So here's what I think about the call of God. Everyone is called to duty to serve God. I, that's my conviction. I believe everyone is called to duty to serve God in some way. Ephesians 4 verse 1, you all should know this scripture. You should know it off by heart. Therefore, this is uh, the foundational scripture for our church. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. I'm putting some emphasis in there. But you have been called by God. Oh, wow, that should excite you. <laughs> that should excite you. I have been called by God. The, the creator of everything has called me, has called my name. It's an incredible concept to consider. But we also ought to consider the preceding sentence that encourages us to live a life worthy of your calling. That's, that's you know, a really important fact that we're going to look at this morning. But that's what we're looking at today, living the life worthy of that calling or in another way, growing in the calling. Because we don't want to be a Jonah church. We don't want to be a church full of Jonahs who God said to Jonah, we all know the story of Jonah, God said to Jonah, I want you to go, and he said, No. But we don't want to be a church full of Jonahs who end up you know, through a, a bad life experience where God wanted us. But we want to be a church that says, God, I'm listening to the small little instructions and I'm going to go when you say go and I'm going to do what you call me to do. And I want that there's an incredible power when we discover to live like that. Don't be a Jonah church. So it's vital we have a good grasp of this call of God. Because it will empower your future to fulfill your life. Because you have been called by God. So I want to labour that today. No matter who you are, what your experience is, maybe you don't even believe in God right now, but God has a call for you anyway. God wants to, to call you out. He wants to bring you in to his purpose. Call you out of whatever you're in today into his purpose. So when we look around at people, we can see all the potential in them. Sometimes we can see lots of good things in other people and never realise things that are in us. But we can look around and see potential in people, but if there is no growing of that call in their lives, that potential can't take them anywhere. So potential is an amazing thing, but if, it's never, if nothing's ever done with it, it can't take you anywhere. It can't effectively do anything. But what we want is to be growing into the call of God and living in the excitement of potential all around us. See, let's look at Ephesians 3.20. This is a, 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 a great verse. Now to him who is able, that is now to God, or to Jesus, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Now, I've, I've preached this, and I've heard it preached, and I've always emphasized now to him who is able to do immeasurably, immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine 
according to his power. And we're thinking, oh, well, isn't that amazing? There's such an awesome, incredible God um, doing all this stuff. But I, I read that this week and I was so excited. I had to tell my, my family in the morning, hey, look what I just saw. And, and now you get to all hear it as well. But reading this, we get the excitement of potential, the possibility that anything can happen. It's, I, I put it like this, this is a bit I want you to get. It's the romance of life comes into you, the romance of your spiritual life. That's why romance is so amazing. Who's ever been in love? It's incredible, it's amazing, it's the most you know, bizarre thing as well. But it's so amazing because it, it, it unlocks desire and we start thinking about potential. So all you girls, you know this, when, when, you, when you just meet that guy at McDonald's for supper after youth, and you think, suddenly you never knew they were there until then. Then you start thinking about the marriage cottage. And you start thinking of a family. You start thinking of, of the house that you're going to have. You start thinking of all the amazing life it's going to be like. But you haven't even held hands yet. This is a minor detail. Keep your dreams. But that's the romance of life. It's a, it, it's a, it's a, it is an amazing thing, a great place to be. But we start thinking about the potentials in, in, in that thing. And people come to Jesus with that type of expectancy. Then life is incredible. And I think we need to foster something in our spiritual world that we start to say, God, I want to have some romance in my spirit. Take it in the right. It's not like the romantic boy-girl thing. It's like a deep spiritual longing and desire that causes you to start to dream and to think and, and, and imagine. Did that make sense to you right now? It's not too whooshy. That's not a word, but it doesn't matter. But people came to Jesus with that type of expectancy. And I'll tell you something, I don't have a great deal of compassion or time for people who, who are expecting church to be this and expecting church to be that in their life when they're, not, when they're not engaging in Jesus Christ and saying, God, help me to see the potential, help me to see the, the things that, that are in me and around me that I can be partaking of right now. Matthew 15 verse 30, it says, A vast crowd brought to him, People who were lame, blind, crippled, those who couldn't speak, and many others, they laid them before Jesus, and he healed them all. See, blind people, sick people, crippled people, and when they encountered Jesus, they received more than they could have ever thought. They're thinking, well, what's he going to do? Who knows what they thought, but they received more than they could have imagined. Jesus is well able today to meet you at your level and accomplish more than you could ever think or imagine in your life. So you might be thinking, well, I can't, I can't imagine my marriage being different. Think again. You might think, well, I can't imagine my body being healthy again. Think again. You might think, I can't, I can't imagine my, my finances ever being better. Think again. And it's not all just about, it's not all just about, well, God's going to do it all. There's certain things that, that we need to say, well, God, if I want to be healthy, then I'm going to need some lifestyle changes. God, if I want my marriage or my relationship to be better, then I have to start being nice. Uh, there's all these little practicals that we need to do in life that is going to let God bless us. 
I wrote this. It's not, it's not a good English, but I, I like it. Jesus is well able to meet you at your level and accomplish more than you could think or imagine. That's good English. We're going to look at Ephesians 3.20 with a slightly different emphasis right now. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power. Here's the, here's the key to this scripture that is at work within us. Say to yourself, who is at work within me? Bring it personal. Who is at work within me? Mistake. Here's, here's the mistake that we make. Thinking to live in the immeasurably more than we could ask or think, but we haven't passed the important point of his power at work within us. If you don't understand what that just meant, it's saying this to yourself. I want external blessings. I want all the good stuff to, to be in my life. I love it. I want to be blessed. I want to be prosperous. I want to, I want to have peace. I want to have contentment. I want all those things that are blessings from God. I want all that stuff. I want external blessings, but don't touch my internal. Just don't, just don't change anything in here. Because your internal you know, is, is the barometer of your of the level that God can bless you. So if your internal is, but God, my real loyalty is to my car. But God, my real loyalty is, is to, to my surfboard. God, my real loyalty is to, to you know, my business. Whatever, none of these things are bad. But when your first loyalty is all those things, then you can't expect now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that isn't at work within me. Do it all outside me, but don't do it in me. God bless me, heal me, prosper me, but please don't interrupt me. See, practical points to grow in your calling. I'm going to give you some practical things today, and they are just practical. They're things that you do. It's not spiritual things here. They're practical things that you need to do in your life. So um, I don't want to put them all up just yet. I've got, they're all on one thing, so I want to keep you in suspense. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll, you'll all start leaving early. Think I've got the points. See ya. <laughs> Maybe the next time we, we, I preach, I'll talk about finding your call and spiritual ways to grow in your call. That'll get the spiritual people come back. <clears throat> so number one, growing in your call, uh, and we sort of touched on it just now, lay down your plan. Now that can be a hard thing to do, thinking, well, lay down my plan? But I have a plan for this, I have a plan for that, I have a plan for everything. But that's really difficult to, to lay down until you realise that God has a higher call, that God has a higher plan. A better plan than you could ever imagine. And I, I think that you see people struggling with, with things, thinking, oh, I can't let go. Some people can't let go of, of levels of ministry that they've been in because they think, but I can't let go. This is mine. If I let go, who, who will I be? You'll be better. 
So, so never get entangled with things. Some people can't let go of management because they think, well, how, how will I be if I'm, if I'm not boss? You'll be better. You need, to, you need to have a faith in God, lay down your plan because God has a higher call. Always remind yourself, Philippians 2 verse 13 says, For God is working in you. Again, see that working in you? Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases me. Now, if you see the scripture, it says to do what pleases him. And we need to have, we need to have a mind change before we have a heart change. So words, this is, these are words from an atheist. This is someone who's not a believer. It's so powerful. I thought, I've got to, I thought oh, I read that. I thought, oh, gee, I don't like what atheists say. But this is really good. He says, the third petition of the Lord's Prayer is repeated by millions who have not the slightest intention of letting anyone's will be done but their own. There's a humanist and an atheist wrote that. Uh, Rick Warren puts it more positively in his book, The Purpose Driven Life. To, to fulfill your mission will require that you abandon your agenda and accept God's agenda for your life. You yield your rights, expectations, dreams, plans, and ambitions to Him. You stop uh, praying selfless prayers like, God, bless what I want. Um, bless what I want to do. Instead, you pray, God, help me to do what you are blessing. You hand God a blank sheet with your name signed at the bottom and tell him to fill in the details. See, growing in your calling is, the first point is lay down your plan and start looking for God's plans. And letting go is so important. To take up something new, you need to let go of something old. And there's always going to be something new that you can grasp hold of or look forward to in the things of God. Right. Second point. I keep going to change the thing, but I've got to leave it. Second point to growing in your call is don't fear failure. Don't fear failure. Philippians 1.20 says, For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed. This is Paul saying, I expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be uh, bold for Christ as I have been in the past, and I trust that my life will bring honour to Christ whether I live or die. Paul de Jong says this, uh, he's a pastor from New Zealand. He says, having lost many what I call uh, potential field years, Due to a lack of understanding of failure, I now recognise that failure is the very pathway to an enlarged tomorrow. That's amazing. Every person that commits to living their potential will know what it is to miss the mark. The great news is that God understands and when we position failure as a lesson, it becomes a stepping stone for a better today and a greater tomorrow. And I can remember failing miserably as in the ministry, uh, failed absolutely miserably. And I, I, I remember um, going to, to speak to my pastor uh, and, and I said, you know, I don't think God could ever use me ever again. I think I've blown it. And people said, you know, if you, if you fail at this, that, that's it. No one will ever touch you again. All this sort of stuff. No one will ever want you because you, you've, 
you've missed the mark totally and you've, you've blown it, mate, done all the wrong things. And I, I spoke to, to Pastor Keith uh, Feebig and I said, well, I just don't know, um, you know what I should do now. And I think I've blown it. I've, I've burnt my bridges. I've blown them up. Who's ever done that? Just make a total mess of things. And he just said to me, Rob, you've got to make a choice to use this as a stepping stone, not a gravestone. And I thought, oh, such wisdom. And I, I, I didn't feel this whoa, great revelation, but those words went with me when I left that conversation. And I had to say, well, God, help me. I don't know how. How am I going to make this a stepping stone? It feels like it's a gravestone for my ministry. But you know what? God was able to restore those things when I kept a humble spirit and took it back to God. And, and he restored those things and more than I could have ever imagined. But I had to let go of the gravestone moment and start to say, God, I, I want to make it a stepping stone moment. So if we honestly trust Jesus, he can lift you, he can carry you beyond your failure, whatever that failure may be. Uh, Peter failed the worst of all the disciples. See, he sunk when Jesus called him on the water. Jesus said, come out, join me on the water. So he, he goes out and he sinks. Failed. He was a fisherman and if you see many, many times when he's out fishing, he has trouble catching fish. When Jesus was arrested, he attacked the high priest's servant and chopped off his ear. And then he willingly denied Jesus when Jesus was on trial after boldly proclaiming at the Last Supper, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, I'll be there for you, Jesus, I'll die with you. About you know, a few hours later, he's saying, Jesus, I don't know him, no, never heard of the guy, not me, you're thinking of someone else. So he failed. But Jesus saw beyond Peter's fails and had a call for his life. And Jesus sees beyond our fails, epic as they may be, and he has a call. And he wants to pour an, an anointing upon your life to set you apart for a special purpose. To set you apart for a special purpose. There's another word that we use. It's called being sanctified. It's Christianese. You don't use it anywhere else in life. Did I tell you the time when I, I was driving home? I, I, I've always loved having old bombs to drive around in. Used, used to be sort of because I couldn't afford other things. But I remember having a real old FJ40 Land Cruiser, a short wheelbase. With, they had a huge steering wheel, like a bus steering wheel. And um, used to wander all over the road. And, and one day the alternator stopped and, and, and I had no lights. But I was driving home in the dark thinking I haven't got far to go and this car's following me. I've shared the story here before, I'm sure. This car's following me and I'm thinking, what's this guy want? And I think, it's got to be the cops. So I thought, I'd better do some detours and he's following me every detour, yep. So I drove into my parents' driveway and I thought, if the garage door was open, I would drive straight down the back and, and turn the car off and say, no, I wasn't driving. <laughs> but the garage door was shut. So it ruined my plan. So anyway, I stopped. And this car comes right in behind me and I'm thinking, I'm sure it's the police. And it wasn't, it was just Mr. Nosy Neighbour from around the corner. And he says to me, do you realise you've got very faulty lights? And I said, yes, I know, it just happened. And he goes, well, you shouldn't be driving that bomb of a thing anyway. And he starts to tell me off. And he goes, like he, he's, he was, he was, he was channelling his inner cop. <laughs> and he says to me, where have you been anyway? I said, what's it to him? But I said, I'm coming home from church. 
And he says, yeah, well, you need to be sanctified to be driving that thing. That's the only person outside of church that I've ever heard use that word. But Jesus sees beyond our fails, epic as they may be, and he has a call. He has a set-apart thing for you to do. And it's not to warm the seat on Sunday in church. It's to make a powerful impact. One of our culture words is impact. And I want One Heart Church people to be impact people. Who don't say, well, I just live from Sunday to Sunday. No, we've got to live in the power of the call and the purpose that Jesus has anointed us for. Don't allow the fear of failing to stop you from starting. We're still on the fear of failure. Failure happens when we get bigger than our boots and start living beyond our measure. Guaranteed way. If you want to fail, start living beyond your measure. So lots of people fail because they think, oh, I can, I can do music and I can do kids' church. Oh, and I can, do, I can, I can serve in youth. And I'm going to do the lights and I'm really good on computers and, and, uh, and, and I'm a good preacher too. And, and I just say, yes, 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 yes. I'll do more. Yeah, I'll let, oh, car park? Yes, I'll do that as well. And catering? Yes, I'll put me in the catering team. I'll do everything. And then, you know, it doesn't take very long. And then they start doing nothing well. And then they start to feel a failure. And then they say, well, I don't want to be part of this anymore. And then I just warm the seat. You don't want to end up there. You want to, you want to be able to find that, that purpose, that life call that empowers you, that shines out of you, that, that causes something beautiful from God to be seen for everyone to see. But failure, as, as I w- was getting to there, it happens when we get bigger than our boots and start living beyond our measure. But growing in your call, the whole key word that is growing in the call of God, will take you to places you fear to go. So you might be thinking, well, the, 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 the last thing on your mind could be the very thing that God is calling you to that will face your fears even. You might, I remember going into a church and I said to Pauline, um, look, I don't care, what, you know, we, we just you know, were, were in a transition period of our life and, and so we got into this church, a big church, and I said, well, you know, Pauline's like, oh, we'll join the, the welcome team and she's chasing the, the leader saying, yeah, here we are, here we are. I'm just saying, Pauline, just let it, I don't want to do anything. And, and anyway, we end up on the, on the welcome team. And, and I said, that first Sunday we're going to, to serve on the welcome team. I said, oh, I don't mind. They can get me to do anything, but I don't want to be on the front. I don't want to welcome people. Because I'm thinking, I don't know how they do it in this church. I've only been there a few weeks, and, and I, I don't know whether I shake hands or hug people or you know, do a cross. I, I don't know what they want me to do here on the front door. So I'll do, I, hopefully they just get me to fill the communion cups. So that'll, that'll be good. I'll do that. And so we get there. We have a little team meeting before, and they go, you do this, you do this. And they said, oh, Rob and Pauline, you're on the door. What I didn't want to do. So then I'm like, you got to shake hands, but they want to hug, you want to hug, they want to shake hands, you know, all that awkwardness. <laughs> but growing in your call can look like shaking someone's hand or doing something that isn't naturally you. Beyond fear of failing, this is the key here, beyond the fear of failing is fulfilled purposes from God. And sometimes the fear of failure says, oh no, you, you'll never live in that fulfilled purpose of God because you've, you've always held back because you think, oh, what if I fail? What if I fail? 
And I faced this as a, as a young guy having the opportunity to, to lead a youth group. And I remember I probably had about two or three opportunities before I took it. And, and I kept saying, oh, no, no, no. Because deep down in my heart, I thought, I don't want to be the one who makes it fail. And so someone else would take it. And I go, oh, phew. I'm a, I'll be their assistant. And then they go. And then I'm someone else's assistant. And then they go. And each time there's an opportunity for me to step up. But I'm thinking, oh, yeah, but, but it's okay to be the assistant and it fails because it's not my, not my thing. But if I'm the leader and it fails, then I'll be so embarrassed. But you know, we've got to get past our embarrassment, get past the fear of failure, because on the other side of the fear of failure is the fulfilled purpose from God. So you need to step into these things and stop holding yourself back for what, for that, from fear. And the third thing, here, I'll give them all to you now. Oh, there's four. Sorry, I thought there's only three. Be faithful and give it your best shot. Growing in your call, you've got to be faithful and give it your best shot. So growing in your call is like watering a seed or a plant. It begins very small, but what you tend to will grow. Whatever, uh, water things regularly. This is a spiritual metaphor here. Commit to serving others, and the rest will take care of itself. When you neglect uh, sorry, what you neglect will stay small or can even die. Uh, growing in your call is summed up in the single word faithfulness. Growing in your call is about commitment beyond personal comfort. Faithful is your first and be uh, best, not your last and least. Luke 16 verse 12 Sorry, I'll turn myself off. Oh, keep pressing the wrong button. This is fun. No, maybe I've lost that. Help me out, Aaron. Luke 16, verse 12, if you can find it. I'll read it out to you anyway. And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? See, faithfulness will always take you back to the call of God, to the place where it starts. If you feel in your heart that God is calling you to ministry, then you need to get faithful. You need to get faithful with something. And you might be thinking, well, I, I sense that God's calling me, that, that there's something on my life. Well, it, it can all start to, to roll when you just learn to be faithful to be at church. That, that can be where it all starts. Just saying, I'm making an appointment every, every week to be in church. That's, a, that's a, the kind of level of faithfulness that God looks for that can be the difference between making something and not doing anything. So you've got to make those kind of calls in your life. Faithful is being prepared. Faithful is be on time. Faithful is is learning to give. Faithful is caring. Faithful is looking after something that's not yours, that may not be your responsibility. It's like saying, well, I come to church and I see there's crumbs on the floor. It's not my responsibility. Doesn't worry me. It's someone else's responsibility, but, but 
you could be the one who just cleans that mess up. That's being faithful. Being faithful with, with what's not yours. And God will honor and bless that. The fourth one, growing in your call, is guard your heart. Um, maybe we can... Guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. See, guard your heart. Let's not mistake for a hard heart or a cold heart. Because sometimes we think, well, just like we fear things, and so we, well, I'm not going there because I, I fear I might fail. Sometimes we, we have the same kind of fear, but we say, but I don't want to get too involved because I might get hurt. And so we, we hold barriers up and we say, well, I'm the, I don't want to get too close to, to ministry. I don't want to get too close to this call of God because I don't want my heart to get hurt. But guard your heart. Not, don't be mistaken. Mistake that for a hard heart or a cold heart. This is about keeping a right heart to the call and plans that God has in mind. We don't want to be a Jonah where God said go and he answered no. I want to be a church that says, when God says go, we say, yes, we're ready. Yes, we're going. We're on to this. So guard your heart from your own pride and achievement. That can, be, that can take you down better than anything. When you start to think, well, this, this thing's all because I'm so good. This, this thing's all happening because of, my, because of, of what I'm doing. Guard your heart. Guard your heart from those who don't share the romance that you have with God. Because some people won't understand what God is leading you into. Some people will say, but no, you just stay like us. Who do you think you are? What do you think you're doing? You've got to guard your heart from those who don't share the romance you have with God. Uh, they may be even in the same church, but they, they will cause you to sink. They distract you and seek to control you. So you need to be aware of those, those, kind, of, those kind of elements and... Guard yourself from that. Uh, guard your heart from, from pride and achievement. I've said that um, the way to avoid um, getting prideful and, and, and glorying in your own achievement is honour Jesus in all and in everything and about everything. Always honour Jesus. So when you've done well, you say, thank you, Jesus. You know, it's not, it's not false humility. Some people say, oh, you preach well today. And they go, oh, thank you, Lord. You just say thank you. But in private, you say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for, first for the opportunities you give me. Thank you, Jesus, for the blessings that, 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 I can, um, that I have the ability to do this or that or whatever it is. Always give thanks back to Jesus. Guard your heart from the time robbers and time wasters. Those Sometimes it's people that, that flatter you but then demand your attention. But you're the only one who can help me. You're the only one who I can let do this you know that, that's that's flattery but they demand your attention and sometimes other people's disobedience becomes your disobedience to the call of God because you're always running after them and and doing everything for them that they need to stand up and do for themselves so don't let another's someone else's disobedience become your disobedience guard your heart from the time robbers and time wasters because they'll flatter you but they'll demand from you just close your eyes this morning. Maybe we can just stand to our feet.
I think I started today talking about the, the call of God, the anointing from God, and the inferiority that many people have. That Well, when they talk about that, they're meaning somebody else. But I, I really feel that this morning, the Holy Spirit has began to speak to people and challenge people in their spirits about them, about you and the call of God that he has upon your life. And sometimes we've had all those excuses at work where we're thinking it's because of this and because of that I'm holding back. But you know, today might be the day. I'll say today is the day where you're going to say, Jesus, I'm going to lay down some things. I'm going to, I'm going to give myself fully to this and who knows what God's going to do. You want to fall in love with the, with the romance. And, and I know especially uh, a lot of people who've grown up in church can go through youth and have a lot of uh, great experiences and thinking, well, what, what's God going to do? But as time goes on, life gets in the way and you just get jaded over and you miss the mark that God has for you. But I want to, I want to somehow affirm you today in God's call that He has anointed you for duty. You might think, but I don't know what that is. That's for another day. But you just need to say, God, I want to I go where you say go. I want to shake off the shackles that have, that have kept me you know, thinking the wrong thoughts. You know, I, I, need to, I need to separate myself from some of those time wasters. I need to separate myself from some of those things, those elements, even people who, who sink me. They don't lift me. They sink me. You need to separate from those things. And we also need to pray for people today that you need healing because maybe you've been surrounded by others that have always made you feel lesser, always made you feel inferior. You know, I hope that we can be a church that lifts others up all the time, that causes people to feel better, that causes people to feel like we can do this together, causes people to feel like we're on a mission to fulfill the plans and the, and the promises of God right here. So today, I think we should just uh, um, sing something. What are we singing? all things new and I think God wants to make all things new in your experience today and um, we are going to spend some time just to pray and lay hands on people um, that the the uh, anointing and calling of God I believe today we're not going to pour oil on you anoint you as as that but the old-fashioned anointing was a symbol of a calling out to duty and you might be saying well I can't see it right now that's okay but to say Jesus I want to I want to say I want to say yes, I'll go when you say go. If that's you today, why don't you come? If you're feeling inferior, say, Lord Jesus, lift that off me today. And the Holy Spirit will meet you here. He'll pour the, the oil of encouragement into your spirit as you do. So why don't you come? And uh, I'd love to pray with you this morning. I'll get the team to come and help me pray with you as well. So as we sing, I just invite you to come.